Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. I'm here with Don Ludicky, Ivy Nelson, and Golden Angel. So thanks for joining us tonight, ladies. We're excited to have you here and, and are looking forward to talking to you and hearing from your books. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I know we had some technical difficulties as Ivy was trying to get on. So hopefully we'll we'll be able to get through without losing anybody. Dawn. <laughs> Why don't you give yes. us an update on what's been going on with you? I see we've got Teresa joining us. Teresa, glad you hey, saw Teresa. my post because I know Teresa forgot that we were on tonight. So I'm glad that you got yeah. walking the dog to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and Linda, we, we always are grateful yes. that she joins us. So yay, thanks for joining us. We well, I... I am currently in revisions again, um, but just m little minor ones. I'm very excited about them, actually. So I'm hoping that this is it, and then it goes out on submission. We'll see. But um, and then I have um, the paranormal, and it's hopefully coming out next month under Alexa Jade. And I just got that one turned in, and I am writing a proposal for a western series. So we'll see, see what happens. What about you? Um, oh, I just sent out, so if anyone's watching who is, um, who ordered a Romance Happy Hour book box, those went out today. People are excited about those. There's some fun stuff in there and I, I would show you, but I don't want to give it away. So you know, there are a couple of people who, who watch us that have ordered, so I don't want to give it but I was glad to get those sent out and what else am I doing um I'm working on a short story for an anthology that is going to be coming out in June it's a small town skinny small town with um Piper Rain and Delancey Stewart and um, a couple other people and um and then I'm working on my my uh first series that I've got Nice. Talking about that, it's gonna have whiskey in it, and I'm, I'm whisk testing my um, whisper cream. It's called sipping cream, but it's whiskey based. Well, Ivy and I were comparing notes because Ivy that sounds delicious, <laughs> really good. <laughs> but good. it's really good in coffee too, so I may have to try that this weekend. So I told my husband that you were doing a um, a book about a whiskey distillery and you like reached out and they sent you a box of whiskey and he said babe why the hell didn't you do the whiskey distillery book write a whiskey book He's yes whiskey they man. were fabulous um i i will do a shout out it's pennington distillery and they were absolutely phenomenal about answering my questions and i mean this woman spent like an hour and a half on the phone with me and and then, you know, she's answered some questions, follow-up questions in the email, and so, um, and they're in Nashville, so I'm hoping that when things start to open up a little bit more, um, make a trip to Nashville and, and do the Whiskey Trail. And okay, so it's... Get educated in person. Tell me the tell me the name, again, what, afterwards, and okay. then if, while I'm moving... I go past it. I will stop for you and take a selfie with you. Okay. And yeah, then I'll try out their whiskey. It, it's pretty good. They sent me um, a couple different kinds. They sent me a yeah. sour mash, and um, all of it is, like, small batch. So nice. Really good. And they also make vodka. So they also sent me a bottle of blueberry vodka that I'm super anxious to try. So I get to make a drink next time for Romance Happy Hour, and we're going to be having something with blueberry vodka in it. Yay. I'm actually super excited about that. I love yeah. blueberry. So speaking of drinks, um, what, what have you guys put on tonight, if anything? Virgin ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> I love ginger ale. <laughs> what have you got, Ivy? Just a glass of Jameson. Ooh, great! Yeah, so mix those two together. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
<laughs> Ivy's what you would call a whiskey girl. I am too. I think it's a whiskey connoisseur. Yeah. See, yeah. I don't know that much about whiskey, but I'm learning and I like it. Whiskey and bourbon are my, t are my preferred mm -hmm. area, but I can't do scotch. I just oh, I haven't found one I liked. Hmm. Well, and I, found, I mean, don't tell my Irish ancestors, but um, I think I kind of prefer Tennessee and Kentucky bourbon and whiskey. <laughs> yeah. it's I good. That peaty stuff in it. I, yeah. So, yeah, scotch. I think. Do you have to? I don't know. Have a very special palate to enjoy scotch. I think. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Yeah, so yeah we'll, have, we'll have to talk whiskey at some point after you get settled in Vegas. I mean, we'll we'll talk whiskey. Maybe we'll have a special episode where all we talk about is booze. Well, gosh, like what an idea for Romance Happier. What <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, let's tell us a little bit about both of you. Um, Angel, you want to go first and just kind of fill us in on, on what sure. you're doing um, tonight? Hi, I'm Golden Angel. I go by Angel uh, mostly, although actually a lot of, I've realized a lot of my author friends who I've met um, through authoring just call me Golden Angel, just the whole thing. Um, but I'll answer to Angel or Golden or Golden Angel. Um, I started out on an erotica website called literatica.com and my username there was Golden Angel. And so when I made the move over to publishing, uh, because there was a story on there that a lot of readers wanted to be able to own, it's called The Venus School and it's all, it's a school about sex where you can go and learn about BDSM, kink, uh, menage, regular sex, self-pleasure, whatever. Um, it was a fun story and they wanted it to be able to own it. And so I said, sure. And I put it up as a book and I made my username, my pen name. And that made sense to me at the time. I did not expect it to become a career. Um, and so now I am 50 some books in, I think. Um, almost exclusively kink. I do have one series that is vanilla. Um, but I'm going to be moving that to a different pen name eventually. Uh, but yeah, mostly kinky. I do everything kink, but I have historical, so historical spanking romances, contemporary, like BDSM, explicit consent. I try to keep it safe, sane, and consensual and follow all the tenants. Um, and then I have the sci-fi alien abduction and both the historical and the sci-fi get a little less with consenty stuff. Because you can, so as they do. Yeah, I mean that's the fantasy of it, you know. And I have trouble writing that. It's in contemporary. Like, um, I love reading dark romance, but I, I, I have trouble writing it in a contemporary setting. But put me in a historical setting where, you know, back then they didn't care, or a alien setting where their culture is completely. You can make their culture completely different, and then I'm like, yeah, all right, nope. She doesn't get a say. Going over the knee, spanker. <laughs> but, you know, it's a fun way to explore the fantasy of having a hero who knows exactly what the heroine needs, even though she doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a fantasy. It'd be nice for reality, but it, it is a fantasy. <laughs> so, yeah, just lots, lots of kink um, and nerd, nerdy stuff. Lots of nerd references. Um, so kinky, nerdy stuff is is about how I'd sum up my books. That's awesome. <laughs> kinky, nerdy. All right. And Ivy, you're back with us. We got to visit with you briefly when we talked with um, the other authors in the Steamy Anthology. So we're glad to have you back for a little bit longer so we can hear from one of your other books. What do you, what yeah. do you have? About what's right and... Oh uh, yeah, so I'm um, got a lot going on. <laughs> I, um, I write um, contemporary BDSM romance as well. I do a lot of like the billionaire stuff. That's what I'm working on right now. The billionaire series. Um, and 
Um, I'm, I'm kind of the same way about the consent stuff. I, I spent a lot of time before I became an author, like in a really big educator. So despite the fact that I love to read the dark moments and I love all of the consensual non-consent and the dewey's consent, I love all of that. I get really difficult to write it because I held this role as a kink educator for so long that it, it doesn't feel right for me to write some of the stuff that isn't just consensual. Um, so so I'm very big on consent in my books as well. Um, so yeah, tonight I will be um, reading from Blood, which is book one in the Diamond Dom series. Um, and then also today, actually, I just had a book two in the Marinette series. That's exciting. And then tomorrow I start the move to Las Vegas. <laughs> yes, crazy. <laughs> So yes, Ivy is joining us tonight, sipping whiskey and talking romance, and tomorrow getting in a truck and driving across the country. So That's amazing. I, yeah, I personally I know you're doing that. <laughs> I, I've moved several times, so I know for a fact you're at a point where you need that whiskey right yes. now. Yes, yeah, that is very true. <laughs> true. Especially because I have a three-year-old that's like trying oh. to boxes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. <sighs> I have a two and a half year old and I can't imagine. <laughs> no, I, I have, my kids are older. My youngest is 12 and I still can't imagine. <laughs> totally different problems. I feel like though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're excited that you were able to make it. Cause I know um, you probably signed up for this date a long time ago. I mean, we right now yeah. are, you know, pretty much booked out through summer. And so, you know, some of the guests that we've got right now, we probably signed up long before you ever knew. <laughs> that was very true. Yeah. Well, we're glad you made it. So um, I think we're going to go ahead and get started reading. We're going to have Angel go first. Um, and do you want to show us the cover of the book that you're reading from? Oh, what we didn't do, we didn't talk about um, our giveaway. Either. Okay, so giveaway, I have, yep. this is actually the first book in the series that I'm reading from. This is a special edition cover. Um, it was made kind of as a joke around Christmas uh, because some of my uh, longtime readers and some of my author friends have called me the queen of butt stuff um, because there's butt stuff in, I mean, at least some kind of play, usually sex uh, in all of my books um, that are kinky. And uh, I, I don't know, it's kind of like a thing that I'm known for is, is writing those scenes. They're some of my favorite scenes to write. <laughs> so I put a butt plug on the cover and released it as a special edition. And I have still had some uh, on my shelf. So I was like, oh, that would be a fun giveaway for tonight. Um, and the Sassy Submissive is the first book in my Stronghold Dom series. Um, and it is contemporary, so lots of explicit consent. Um, the, this story is the characters, not the story of how they get together, but the characters are very closely uh, aligned with me and my husband. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of the, the interactions that they have and stuff, like some of it's taken from real life conversations. And there's a lot of sass. Um, and things and this one is free not different cover but it's free everywhere as an ebook um, and then I'm reading tonight from the second book in the series which is on sale for 99 cents through tomorrow um, and it's called Taming the Tease and um, it's the the thing about my Stronghold series is that they're very oh hail the queen of butt stuff <laughs> i need a crown some people keep telling me i need a crown i'm like i don't even know i, I don't want to know what that would look like yeah um, honestly i can imagine <laughs> um but yeah so the the series they you know each they're all standalone books but they they build on a group of friends um many of whom are based on the personalities of the people in my group of friends. So a lot of people have commented to me that it, the, the characters feel very real and that it feels like they're hanging out with their friends. And I'm like, that's that's because you're hanging out with me and my friends when you read these books. Um, there is a lot of us in these books. And this one happens to, I didn't even realize when I was writing it, um, the, the main character has a lot in common with my best guy friend. Um, I did specifically, it's got a very, it's got a curvy, super, super sassy, curvy heroine, and she's based on two of my best girlfriends. 
um, who are both, it's an interesting combination of uh, sassy and insecure about their body type. And I wanted to give them a book, um, both of them a book with a, a happily ever after for a very curvy heroine. So that was, this is what I'm reading from tonight. <laughs> All right, sounds awesome. Um, are you gonna start right at the beginning or do you need to set anything up for us? Um, I think I'm good right here. So this is, they are, I, well, yeah, I guess I should, they are neighbors. Um, it's a neighbor romance. Um, she is completely vanilla. She does never read Fifty Shades of Grey. She was not part of that bandwagon. She knows nothing about kink um, or spankings or anything like that. And uh, so, and he, you know, being a responsible dom and not um, also kind of aware that like, you know, if you get together with your neighbor and things go badly, <laughs> <laughs> and he just moved there uh, to he just moved to be closer to his friends and he got in um, so that he could go to the stronghold BDSM club with them more regularly. Um, so it's uh, it, it, there's a lot of resistance on his part and she's kind of like, hey, check out this super hot guy that moved in. I could go for a roll in the hay um, and just trying to get like kind of a, a hookup basically. And then he, so the scene that I'm reading from is based on, it's right around that point. Um, and I have shared it on Facebook multiple times and not been dinged, so I think it should be okay, this particular scene. I shared it in my group and a couple other reader groups. So I was like, okay, I feel like it's already been pre-approved by Facebook. We shouldn't have any difficulty. Do not get us banned from Facebook, Angel. Exactly. There's, you know, there's no actual sexy stuff in the scene, so. <laughs> All right, we will leave you to it, and we'll be back after. All right, so here we go. Mm. Oh. Come on, Rick. I promise I won't bite, unless that's what you like. She fluttered her eyelashes at him flirtatiously, but the look she gave him was more inquisitive than anything else. He had to stifle his urge to laugh, forcing himself to keep his expression serious and unwelcoming. I have to admit, you made me very curious. Ignoring the open door, Maria stepped closer to him, tilting her head back to look at him with those beautifully dark eyes. Her voice was becoming breathy, filled with intrigue. Great. Apparently, he'd woken up a curious little kitty who wanted to come out and play. Exactly what is it? do you want to do to me? I'm willing to be very open-minded. Rick narrowed his eyes at her, wishing his body wasn't so very keen to take her up on her offer. While he might not be overly dominant outside of the bedroom, unlike some of his friends, he definitely should not have found her blatant come on so damned appealing. What was it about her? Or maybe it was the way she was challenging him, as if begging for punishment. He'd always had a soft spot for submissives who were teases. But she wasn't a bratty submissive, and he needed to remember that. I think it's best if you go, he said. I'm not looking for open-minded. I'm looking for someone who wants the same things I do. And how do you know I don't, she asked, pressing those gorgeous soft curves up against him. Rick nearly groaned as his body reacted immediately, and her eyes went wide. She knew damned well he had a heart on right now, not that she needed any encouragement. It's not like I'm asking you to be my boyfriend. I'm willing to experiment and we can have a good time. Now that pissed Rick off. He didn't even need to pretend to glow her now. As if she realized she might have mis misread him, she took a tiny step back. Not far, but just enough as a slightly puzzled expression went across her face. And what makes you think I'm just looking for a good time? Rick demanded, torn between the desire to shove her out the door or drag her back to his bedroom and show her exactly what she was asking for. I mean, you're a guy. Aren't guys always up for a good time? And I mean, look at you. Guys who look like you, they're usually players, she said, but her voice was hesitant, as if she was remembering the, the last time she'd made an assumption about him and how wrong she'd been then. Maybe even remembering the way he'd pressed her against the wall to prove he absolutely did find her attractive and he had no problem with her curves. Rick truly wanted to hunt down every male she'd ever had an interaction with throughout her life and beat the daylights out of them. 
What made this gorgeous, confident woman have all the stereotypes about men that she did? Unfortunately, he had a feeling her life experiences probably backed up all those stereotypes. At one time in his life, he might have too. A sexy, curvy girl showing up on his doorstep and offering a good time would have seemed like Christmas. But that wasn't what he wanted now, and it grated on him that he'd apparently already been assessed and judged by her. Well, I'm not, he said, stepping forward and slightly to the side, forcing her to change her position so her back was to the open door. He knew he was cr doorway. He knew he was crowding her, trying to herd her toward the door, but she didn't back up as much as he thought she would. His voice was low, fierce, because he didn't want the neighbors to hear what he was saying if they were home. But he wanted her to know he was 100% with everything, 100% sincere with everything he said. I'm not the type of guy who's going to fuck a woman he doesn't want to be seen in public with. I'm not the kind of guy who's just looking for a good time. I'm not interested in being someone's experiment. And I'm not interested in flirtatious little teases who are just looking for a cheap thrill. With every sentence, he took another step toward her, forcing her to back out into the hallway as her big eyes widened even further. She was finally out of his apartment, out of his space, and part of him was incredibly disappointed by that. He needed to give her a damned good reason to stay away from him. Deepening his voice, deliberately making it rougher and more forceful, Rick stared directly into her eyes, packing his pent-up frustration and heat into his gaze. If you knock on my door again, Maria, I will put you over my knee and spank your ass until it's a hot cherry red, and I will enjoy every second of it. With that, he slammed the door practically in her face. That's <laughs> my reading from Taming the Cheese, currently 99 cents and th through tomorrow. Um, and it is uh, high heat. <laughs> <laughs> I I would assume so. And who doesn't love a good spanking? I mean, neat. Uh, that's you know, that's my thing. Spankings and butt stuff. I write about a whole bunch. You know, I like to explore different kinks in my books, but like people are always asking me, like, oh, like how much is based on reality? Like, do you do all the stuff that you try in your books? And I'm like, my characters do things that would have me screaming pineapple after like two seconds. <laughs> Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, All right. So we do have some questions. We have a couple. Let's do this one. Don't for, oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> my feed, I had it on there and my feed went up just as I pushed it. Sorry. <laughs> Angel, what's the strangest thing you've ever had to research online for your books? Oh, gosh. Um, so under my alternate pen name, which is Sinistre Ange, which is straight up erotica and fetish stuff. And, and that is where I tend to get really dark. Like Golden Angel, you know, you're always going to get a happily ever after. It's going to be kinky. Even the non-con stuff, like the, the non-con dub con stuff is going to be like, she does want it, you know, like deep. she does want it. She doesn't want to admit it kind of thing. Sinistrange, like none of that. You don't get, you are not guaranteed a happily ever after. It might just be straight up erotica. A lot of it's really dark. A lot of it's weird fetish stuff. I say weird, but like I, I shouldn't because, you know, I don't want to kink shame and I write it. Um, so <laughs> the first book in one of my, um, in, in one of my series for that, which is a, it's a sci-fi series and I got sucked down, uh, a rabbit hole on Amazon of Hugh Cow books. And if you've never heard of that, uh, it's it's basically breast milk fetish, but also body mod and turning the woman into basically like the breast milk cow. So like I was looking up milking machines and I was looking up things about breast milk and uh farms <laughs> and all sorts of stuff to relate back to this to make sure that I had a good handle on it it just it got into like I, I don't know I like found one book on it and I was like what it's one of those things where I'm like I, I don't think I'm into this am I into this I don't know I think I need to read more and so I just like kept reading and then it got into my head I was like I need to write this I need to write something with this and just get it out of my system um, having breastfed myself now, years later, I don't know if I'll be able to write another one. Um, 
because now that I've been through it myself, I'm like, this is, this doesn't feel sexy. <laughs> uh, but at the time, I had a lot of fun writing it. It does very well <laughs> under that pen name. Um, so it's one of the, one of the more fringe fetishes that I've written about. So I did have to do uh, some research for that one. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. So for both of you, what has been the toughest criticism given to you as an author? <sighs> hmm. That's hard for me to say because I, like I said, I started off on an erotica website and there is no tougher critic than someone who is getting free smut. Um, people are were brutal on there. And so I developed a thick skin very quickly because you had to. Um, and you know, the, the things when people think it's boring or they think that it's taking too long to get to the sex or they think that my descriptions are overly graphic or overly flower, flowery in the case of my historicals or something like that, that doesn't really bother me. I did, it's just not my audience. The book wasn't for them, that's fine. Um, the stuff that, that does bother me is when I get like the, the human uh, condition, I, I don't even know, like the, the the bigoted comments, like when people come at me because I'm writing interracial romance or because I put a gay or lesbian or trans side character into a book and they're like, oh, you're pandering. I'm like, no, I just have people in my life that are like that. And I think it's weird if everyone in my books is white and straight, especially considering like, I mean, my historicals. Yeah, OK. But although even there I have like LGBT characters you don't always know that that's what they are but eventually it does come out um and it it just because it's weird to me that they that people think that they don't exist and shouldn't exist in the book of course they're like they're there we exist and, and i'm also i'm i'm interracial i am interracial i'm half korean half white so like i exist and i'm allowed to exist and so when i get criticism like that that bugs me mm -hmm. um whereas the other stuff it's usually just okay, this person's not my audience. Right. Yeah, and I, I think I'm pretty much the same way. I've been pretty lucky that I haven't gotten a ton of just really negative reviews. Um, I did get one the other day that I kind of just have, the only thing I can do is chuckle. Like that's, you know, um, it's, it's one of my favorite characters that I've ever written, but it's, it was only the second book that I had ever written. And, you know, I'm up to 16 now or something like that. Um, and the reviewer had said they loved all of my other books, but hated this one because they thought the heroine was too stupid to live. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so that was kind of tough. But then also, when they, if they point out an area where maybe they felt like the story wasn't consensual and it should have been or something like that, that's hard for me to take in because I pride myself on, like, actually you know, being in, in the way that I write my kink so mm -hmm. but but yeah I've, I've been pretty pretty lucky in the reviews that I've gotten so I love my negative reviews <laughs> I turn them into ads I, my favorite I, review I've, I've ever gotten is a one star on my historical that's just like spanking and sodomy this is disgusting the woman likes it a man must have written this and I'm like awesome and I made it into this really pretty graphic and I use it in Facebook takeovers and things like that when I'm sharing my my the book because it's a first in series and it's free and so I'm yeah. like here buy Philip's rules to be totally disgusted um <laughs> go download for free um I love reviews like that so yeah it's it's hard to yeah. yeah, and under my skin. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite one was uh, where the the person said that they they didn't realize what the book was. It's called Diamond Doms. It's pretty obvious. Shirtless man. The book is called Hard. Um, so I feel like it's it's very obvious what this is, and it talks about doms and subs in the blurb. Um, and so the review was, I didn't realize what this book was, and as a good feminist, there's no way that I can like it. But <laughs> Sorry, I love the feminist ones. <laughs> so crazy. I must be a okay. bad feminist for thinking that women can explore their fantasies in whatever way they want. Right, right. 
All right, we have another question. Angel, are these all standalones? Yes, uh, the, the Stronghold Doms are all standalones. Um, the first two series that I wrote were Venus Rising and the Domestic Discipline Quartet. Both of them are quartets. Those are the only two that I ever wrote that are not standalone. They're all like interwoven and they, and I look back at those and like, how did I do that and why? Like, I must have been insane. It is so much easier to write one couple's entire story packaged into one book and not have to deal with ongoing issues throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah Stronghold, everything I wrote after those two quartets, they're all standalone. <laughs> All right, and do you have anyone in mind before you start writing your couples, like an inspiration board? Do you want to go first, Ivy? Oh uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I base most of mine off my friends. Um, a lot of the time, even their looks will be based off of someone I know, um, just because it's easier for me to picture them in my head then. Um, I do now as as I've moved started moving into my newer series. Those you know, Stronghold Doms is a complete series. It's done. I the first book in my spinoff series from it is coming out in like two weeks. Um, and and those characters I did actually go to Pinterest and I found uh, pictures of, of of characters that I liked. I had my reader group help me name the characters. These, this actually happened several books ago. These characters were all introduced in the Stronghold Dom series. But I knew that they would be part of I knew their books would be in the new series. And so I I decided to go from the ground up and do it the real authory way and uh, get inspiration pictures. And and I spent way too much time on Pinterest doing it. I'm not sure it was the best use of yeah. time. But I do have inspiration photos now and I know what they look like. And I do, you know, I do use Pinterest for that and go down that rabbit hole on occasion. <laughs> That's how I justify spending any time on Pinterest is I'm looking for character inspiration. Exactly. I don't need to justify. Pinterest is my jam. <laughs> I still can't get the hang of Pinterest. So yeah, I don't I don't really have any like vision boards or I don't usually like pick an actor that looks like my character or anything like that. Um, yeah. I tend to uh, not, it, I don't base them exactly off of friends, but I usually do pick like a, a quirk or I'll pick something that a friend said and like, I'll kind of put all those together. And so usually there are like six people in one of my characters. So, do, so this yeah. is something new that I'm trying. And so I just kind of want to ask you guys, do any of you like, find your cover models first and then base your character off of what the cover model looks like. Mm -mm. Okay, interesting. I'm trying this for the first time with my new series and it's, it is a little weird for me. Yeah. Um, but it was recommended to me by another author. So I'm like, who else does this? <laughs> That's a good idea. I, I find that I normally don't know my characters well enough. Mm. When I'm first starting out, but I would hate to, you know, commit to a cover model and then realize that I, I guess I'm, kind of like a discovery writer, you know, like the more mm -hmm. I write, the more I get to know them. So I'd be afraid that I'd pick the totally wrong person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My covers are usually made before I write the book. So I guess kind okay. of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's always helpful. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you do to get into your character's heads? Oh, I wish I could get them out of my head. I don't do anything. It's It's... <laughs> I, I hear voices. This is a thing. Like they are in my head. And basically for a really, now I have a schedule, but for a really long time before I was like doing this as a business, whoever was screaming the loudest got their book next. That was how it worked. Um, so I, I don't do anything to get into their head. They shove their way into mine and they don't leave until I finish their story. Mm -hmm. What about you? I, I am, I describe myself as a god whenever I write, and that sounds, <laughs> but I, my characters don't talk to me, like I'm, that sounds really boring, but they don't, like I create I everything. Don't being do a anything. god doesn't sound boring. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, like, they don't do anything unless I tell them to, like, I just. Oh my I, god, that sounds so nice. <laughs> And nothing tells me like that. It's like, oh, I wish I could do that. Um, so I don't. It's just always the way I've written. I have like a. 
it's not a worksheet, but it's just a, a process in my head that I go through of, okay, here's what I need to create really interesting characters. Um, and I just, I, I create- love that. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I mean, I love hearing, I love hearing, I love hearing them. I love feeling like they're in my head and like, I, and like, it's easy to get into their space, but I get into arguments with my characters all the time because I want the plot to go one way and they're going off on some thing that's going to completely change the entire very nice outline that I wrote for them. Um, yeah. I have never won a fight with the character, not once. So, it, I mean, like, it sounds really nice to be able to just be like, this is what we're doing, like playing like with a little dollhouse. Like, that's yep. awesome. <laughs> that's really so, interesting, though. Yeah, I haven't really heard that much, Ivy. I, I think more people that I've talked to are like you, Angel, where, you know, and I mean, I've had that conversation with my husband, too. You know, how did the writing go today? It's like it was horrible. You know, they wouldn't do what I wanted them to do. You made them up. Like, yeah. It's like, what do you mean you couldn't get them to? I'm like, they just would not cooperate. Yeah, like I mean, most yeah. writers, most writers can't, n most non-writers can't understand. You, you're sitting there, you say like, they just did this and they're like, can't you erase it and, and change it? And you're like, no, no, yeah, no that was they the won't let used me. To have, at the beginning, whenever I first started, like, and I would hear people say, oh, like my characters aren't behaving today. And I thought, I, I was just like, you made them up. Yeah. <laughs> make them behave. <laughs> I mean, logically <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, but then when you go to, yeah, do that. It's, mm -hmm. No, it's just mm -hmm. no. Nope. <laughs> or, or I will force it, and then I find out later, like twenty thousand words later, that they were right. They were right. Yeah. <laughs> They'll show they you go back and rewrite. I know. Right? So I have to throw away all the words that I wanted to put down and yeah. let them have. <sighs> I know it's super interesting. I, I think it was. I was a couple of years into actually writing when. Um, when somebody said something about, you know, like, how do you see your books? I'm like, well, it's like movie. it plays in my head and I just write it down. And, yeah. and I was amazed. I mean, you know, I'm like a grown up, and it's, you know, I was this year's old, this many years old when I found out that not everybody's head works that way. Yeah. Really blowing to me. I found that out from Facebook. It I know. was a meme that went around. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? You know, so then I was asking all my friends who aren't writers, because of course now, you know, especially this with, you know, the pandemic and everything. It's like, we're also isolated. I don't really see my real life friends all that mm -hmm. often anymore. Yeah. But I spend a lot of time online on Zoom calls and, and things like that, talking with my writer friends. But yeah, so when I was asking all of them, they're just, no. Well, how do they do you, see you it? Do you just then? constantly have people and stories going on in the back of no. your head? What's that like? like? What do you think about? What do you think, exactly, what do you think about? What's going on do they think in words or, or I don't know. Do they think in like black and white or we had this discussion before Don, but you know, it's like what really drives me crazy is when I would ask my husband, like, what are you thinking of? You know, like, what are you thinking of? Like nothing. Yeah. Like how oh, can that drive me nuts? Nuts? I like, it's that. literally impossible to think of nothing. Cause even, even if when you're asleep, you're nothing. thinking of things. You're I know. Thinking. I'm trying to think of nothing so hard that everything else is like battering, you know? It's impossible. I don't know how anyone thinks about nothing, but I, you know those I, movies, those movies, body switch movies, where like you get to see the men's brain. I oh. would actually like to be able to see what a man actually thinks. I mean, because you can't really trust their movies and stuff. They make themselves know. look better than they are. Let's be honest. <laughs> so let's. Uh, I mean, their brains could actually be like that's red. Yeah, it's red and big. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't but know. You know, there are some male authors, and I have a few of them who are friends who are romance authors, and they, we've had some discussions, and they've said the same thing, where they have characters, and they argue with the characters, and things like that. So it's definitely, I tend, I, I tend to wonder if it's more of like a creative, yeah. just a, the, the creative side of your brain maybe working in a different way. Um, yeah. But Ivy, do you still have the like stuff going on in the back of your head? Yeah, I mean it's it's always there. I'm always thinking about my stories. I'm just yeah. I don't feel like my characters are talking to me. Nor I guess is <laughs> maybe, well, maybe we we uh, <laughs> it is nine forty-two. We need to hear. From I know. Ivy. I know. We need to get to Ivy's story. 
So what do you have for us tonight? What are you what are you reading from? Um, do you have a cover to show us? Or is it packed? I do not because I, I told myself to leave a book out and I left it packed. So I'm actually reading from the Word doc on my computer screen. <laughs> um, so I'm reading from Blood, which is book one in the Diamond Dawn series. Um, each of these books is a single couple, a different ETA. Um, it's an entire love story, but there is an overarching story that's laced through all nine books. So they do kind of need to be read in order to understand the mystery that's happening. Um, but if you're just after the romance, well then yeah, you can read the mystery of books. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Are you starting from the beginning or is there? No, I'm going to start from chapter 10. Um, so okay. this is kind of an office romance. She gets a job. Uh, the heroine gets a job working from the heat for the hero. And this is one of their first business trips together. And he has to take her by the BDSM club that he helps run for a board meeting. So, oh, he has uh, to. <laughs> he has to. I love uh, it. <laughs> All right. Well, we will leave yeah. you to it and we'll be back after. All righty. Okay. Get it pulled up here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Holly was used to traveling in style. Her father had a private jet, and on the rare occasions she traveled, that's usually how she did it. But nothing prepared her for the company jet that Elijah owned. It was opulent and luxurious and had every amenity one could imagine. Holly's, when Holly's mouth fell open, stepping into the main cabin, Elijah just shrugged and said he traveled enough to justify the expense. Comfort was important to him. Now they were halfway to Colorado, and Holly was still working on reorganizing the records his previous assistants had kept. Most of it was just renaming files and setting up a hierarchy for the folders, but some of the spreadsheets were a wreck, and the data needed to be resorted and even re-entered in some cases. It was a massive undertaking, but Holly intended to impress her boss with the job she was doing. <clears throat> when the plane lands, we'll be met by a driver who will need to take me straight to solitaire, so I'm not late. You can either come with me and work from my office there, or you can have the driver take you to the hotel, Elijah said from the seat across from her. Holly looked up from her laptop. I'll just come with you if that's okay. You're expecting that call from London, and I would rather be able to put you through to them right away. Elijah smiled. I had forgotten about that. You're right. That's a better plan. Just please stay in my office and don't go wondering. You're not a member, so the front of the property is really all I can let you see. Holly nodded her agreement, despite the fact that she was more curious than ever about what lay beyond the restricted area at Solitaire. Over the past several evenings, she had taken to reading a series of romance novels about a BDSM club, and she wondered if they were at all accurate. For the rest of the plane ride, Holly had a hard time concentrating on filing systems, so she closed her laptop and pulled out her tablet to read instead. Everything okay, Holly? You look a little flush. Holly's head shot up, and she felt her face grow even more red. Sorry, yes, everything's fine. Just lost in my book. What are you reading? Shit, of course you would ask. Sorry. Um, oh, just a silly fiction novel. Nothing special. Elijah opened his mouth to say something, but the pilot came over the intercom to announce that they were landing soon. Saved by the bell, Holly thought, as she tucked her tablet back into her bag. Elijah stared at her as she busied herself with tidying up. Now I really want to know what you were reading, he murmured as he fastened his seatbelt. The plane dropped, a sign that they were almost on the ground, and Holly snapped her own seatbelt closed, ignoring his comment. Okay. I'll let you off the hook this time, he said with a grin as the plane bumped along the runway. We're in a hurry anyway. Holly breathed a sigh of relief. He would think she was a weirdo for reading a book like that. and Then he would wonder if it was out of curiosity about solitaire. That was entirely too embarrassing to think about. When they were off the plane and in the car, Elijah took a phone call, letting her further off the hook. They drove into the hills of the Colorado ski town and were soon approaching a secluded area. When they drove up the path, a massive log structure came into view. It was a huge ski resort, only it wasn't a ski resort at all. A small plaque told her that they had reached solitaire. She hadn't been expecting a neon sign that screamed kinky sex club, but she wasn't expecting something so simple either. Remember, Elijah said as they stepped out of the car, do not go beyond the lobby or my office. Holly felt the urge to salute because it was the fourth time he'd reminded her. 
Instead, she gave him a curt nod and waited for him to open the door to the large building. The inside wasn't what she expected either. The lobby was well decorated, but looked like it could belong to any upscale hotel in the country. Black and silver were the main colors with small hints of red thrown in. Holly loved it. The doors leading to what she assumed were the, was the forbidden zone were red and flanked by two statues of half-naked half women, the only sign that anything sexual happened beyond the doors. <clears throat> My office is this way, Elijah said, and I'll be in the conference room across the lobby. Feel free to make yourself comfortable. The entrance to the forbidden zone burst open and a group of people poured out. Some of them she recognized from the news. There was Dakota Highlander, a cattle heiress, and Hunter Novak, a wealthy casino owner in Vegas. The others she wasn't sure she knew. Wait, was that Garrett Oliver? Holly was shocked. The man was a well-known political advisor who ran one of the country's largest manufacturing companies. She did her best not to stare, but then she realized everyone else was staring at her. Holly gave a smile and a little wave. What the heck, Elijah? I thought we agreed not to bring dates to board meetings. Elijah held up a hand and shot the man a glare. Hush, Lance, this is my new assistant and I need her here. She won't be in the meeting. I was just showing her to my office. Hi everyone, I'm Holly. Sorry if I caught you off guard. Dakota Highlander stepped forward. Nice to meet you, Holly, I'm Dakota. I would introduce you to the rest of these <clears throat> bad work, uh, but they won't remember your name by tomorrow anyway. All the men grumbled complaints at her calling them out but none of them denied it, which amused Holly. Where the heck is Patrick? I thought he was coming early, Dakota said. Elijah shot her a glare. Patrick, like my brother, Holly asked. Please don't tell me my brother is a member here. Elijah chuckled. It's not my place to tell you that anyway. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Please don't let him see me here. The entrance doors opened and Patrick stepped through. Sorry I'm late, every He trailed off as his eyes landed on Holly. What the heck are you doing here? I'm with Elijah on his business trip. Jesus, Eli, you couldn't have waited. You couldn't have had her wait at the hotel or given me a gosh darn warning. Elijah shifted uncomfortably. That was my mistake, not giving either of you a heads up. I see that now. But I need Holly here because I'm expecting an important call mid-meeting. She's handling the preliminaries on it before she puts me on the phone. I thought I would have her tucked away in my office before anyone else saw her, if I'm being honest. Holly backed towards Elijah's office. I'm going to get out of here before things get any weirder. Elijah, should I text you when your call comes in, or do you want me to come get you? Press the green button on the desk phone. It will patch you into the conference room. Don't worry about interrupting us. This call is important. Holly nodded and scurried into Elijah's office to hide. Jesus, she thought as she leaned against the closed door. Her brother was a member of a kinky sex club? That was not information she needed. Her interest in finding out what was beyond the forbidden doors had waned, and she had no desire to pursue Elijah's interest in kink. Not if her brother had the same interests. Holly felt a little ill, but did her best to push it out of her mind by turning on some music and settling in to work. An hour later, the call Elijah was expecting came in. With trembling fingers, she pushed the green button. Sorry to interrupt, but your call is on hold, Elijah. We were about to take a break. I'll be right there. When Elijah appeared in the doorway, he had an odd look on his face. Holly, he said quietly, I'm so sorry about surprising you with your brother. The opening of the club was so public, I honestly didn't give it a second thought. That was a terrible mistake on my part. Holly shook her head. Please don't worry about it. I'm sorry if I freaked anyone out by being here. Elijah smiled. Not at all. Well, you might have freaked Patrick a little bit, but he'll live. Holly groaned. How was she ever going to face him again? Elijah closed the distance between them and laid a hand on her shoulder. I hate to throw you to the wolves, but I need to have this conversation in private. We'll talk more when I'm done. When the door to Elijah's office was closed, Holly turned to face the group of strangers in the lobby. They had abandoned the conference room and were lounging on sofas that took up the wall space on the far side of the room. Patrick stood immediately and motioned for her to follow him into the conference room. What the hell, Holly? Why are you here with him? Holly's eyes went wide as she tried to fight the tears that formed. Why are you mad at me? You're the one who got me the job with him. Why didn't you tell me you were part of this place? 
Patrick closed his eyes. Because what I do with my personal time is private. And just because you work for him doesn't mean he get you, gets to drag you into this world. Holly understood now. This was more of his overprotective big brother bull. He isn't dragging me into his world. In fact, he stressed about a million times that I wasn't allowed anywhere but the lobby in his office. I feel weird even being in this room. Patrick ran a hand through his hair. I'm sorry. I'm not mad at you, sis. This is just weird. Holly snorted. You're telling me. <clears throat> Holly plopped into one of the conference room chairs and spun around. <clears throat> Before she could say anything else, the door opened and Dakota stuck her head in. Hey, you two. Just making sure everything is okay in here. Patrick eyed her with a raised eyebrow. You mean you're just being nosy? Dakota grinned. Guilty as charged. Without an invitation, she came into the room and sat down next to Holly. Don't let him scare you off. I saw the way Elijah looked at you. I'm leaving now. Do not corrupt my sister, Dakota, Patrick said with a growl. Dakota just waved. What do you mean, Holly asked when her brother was gone. I mean, Elijah has the hots for you. And if I had to guess, you're attracted to him too. That is my scene. Woo! What was the name of this nice. book again? <laughs> this is called Blood. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, it's, posted it's, in the uh, comments. <laughs> it's actually 99 cents for the next two days. So. All right. Afterwards, okay. um, if both of you will put links to the books you read from tonight, that would be great. And if you have, um, I think, Angel, you said you have a freebie. Your first one is free right now, too. Yeah. yeah, put links to those in the the comments on here. That would be fantastic. How do I? I don't know if I can comment. Oh, you know what? You probably can't comment from here. But once once mm -hmm. it's over, if you go back and you can add a comment okay. in the Facebook page, that would be great. So Sounds we do good. have one question, and then Karen just showed up. So Karen, if you want to pop some questions up now, it's time to do it. We've missed you. Um, so our question right now, oh, sorry. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> How do you deal with the emotional impact of a story when you're writing it? Um, I think if I'm, if, especially if I'm writing something really heavy, um, I need to have a plan for like a stand-up comedy on deck to walk when I get done writing. Um, but I also try to like intertwine humor into my writing as well to, um, you know, if there's going to be something really emotional. Um, you know. Yeah, I like to, I like to try to put a lot of humor in my writing. Um, you know, there's there have definitely been times when I'm sitting there and I'm typing and I'm like crying. Um, but then, you know, there are other times when I'm doing something absolutely awful to a character and I'm sitting there and I'm giggling because I'm picturing all the reader reactions and I'm just like, <laughs> so like, you know, like, it depends on the day and the book. So sometimes I cry and sometimes, sometimes you're I an evil genius. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, that's the last of the questions that I have here, Dylan. I was going to say, I didn't anything? see any others. Um, I mean, we always get, oh, there's another one from Karen. Of course, Karen just popped in. So now yes. the questions are going to start flying. <laughs> I was going to say, I have plenty what? of questions if we run out. So. <laughs> what do you need in your writing space to help you stay focused? Nothing. I need everything gone. I need, I need, I need, I literally need to be surrounded by nothingness because everything is a distraction. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to have a door that's closed or I need to be able to go to a coffee shop and then I have to have, this sounds really weird, but I need to have water, soda, and coffee next to me, all three at the same time. And then sunflower seeds. Yeah. I'm a, definitely a coffee person myself. I have, because I write a lot in the morning. <laughs> So I have to have that coffee. In fact, I sit there for about at least 20 minutes with my coffee before I think, okay, I can grab my computer now. <laughs> That's me. All right, one more. What is the most difficult part of your writing process? The end. 
I get I, I get slower and slower as I get to the end. And I think it's yeah. I, I no idea why, but I have several theories. But the main theory that I have is it's because the, you know, um, we talked earlier about being a discovery writer. And even though I have an outline, my characters never follow that outline. Um, so a lot of the time I'm discovering new things about them, new things about the story as I go along. And as I get closer and closer to the end, I'm like, all right, I, I know everything. The conflict is there. It's over now. I've got to wrap up, but I'm bored. I'm done. Like, I already know how this ends. So, like, why do I need to write it out? But I do have to write it out. Otherwise, I don't have a book to sell. Um, <laughs> I know the end. It's like, I'm like, yeah, no, but I could just move on to the next thing where I don't know anything. So, <laughs> readers should write that if you like only get them half a story. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ivy? Yeah, I um the end is dif more difficult for me too. So like even when I outline my my ending is usually like two bullet points and like the first act is like, you know, 12 pages of outline by comparison. Um so so usually what I have to do in order to get through the end is I have to start editing the book and then I write the last two chapters because it's that's, interesting. That's because I will rather do anything other than edit. That's I was just going to say. Editing is fun for me. See, I'm just, I'm like the, wow. the author tonight. <laughs> so can we send our books to you to edit them? Yeah, really. <laughs> I actually did help a friend to edit her book this week. Oh, <laughs> man, I hate it. Like, I was going to actually, in, in my mind, I was like coming up with my list. I'm like, it's a list, by the way. <laughs> um, editing. Blurbs and synopsis is <laughs> those are the most difficult for me. One of the nice things about where I'm at in my career right now is that I have my editor. So I tend to edit as I go along. So I no longer have to go back and edit my first draft because I've always edited as I go along, but I used to go back and then I'd go back through it. And that was what I really hated. But now I have a really good editor and some really good beta readers. And so once I'm done with that first draft, I just send it out to other people and I don't have to deal with that part. Mm -hmm. um, and for my blurb and stuff like that, uh, I work with Elle Woods PR firm and like my rep there is basically my work life. And I just send her like a little thing and I'm like, this is what I have for a blurb. Please fix it. And she does. <laughs> So I don't have to do that part either. It's like the best thing ever. I cannot recommend more highly just outsourcing that stuff. That's funny. <laughs> All right, we got one more. I was going to say that just leaves you more time to work on the, you know, the things that you actually do enjoy and the things that you're good at. Um, exactly. You know, as, as indie authors, you know, we pretty much you have to do it all. And so if you can find those things where, you know, it might take somebody five hours to come up with a halfway decent blurb and you can find somebody that does that and that's their calling and they can spend a half hour on something and, you know, it's fabulous. So yeah, I think everything she goes things. back to me, I'm just like, yes, that is what I wanted to say. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's one of the really difficult things when, you know, when you're starting out as an author is you maybe don't know exactly what those things are. Well, and blurbs are like, they're an entirely different, like writing a book is entirely different from writing a blurb. Like, I mean, if you just spent days or months writing this massively long thing and then someone's like, now cut that down to like two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and sometimes it's really hard to figure out, you know, I mean, because in your, your head. Like everything is super important, you know, like yeah. they need to know everything and, and maybe you have your favorite scene and, you know, and it's like, you just, you want to convey everything that's in that book and it's impossible to shrink it down to just, you know, those two paragraphs or whatever. And so I think sometimes it's really helpful to have somebody who hasn't read the entire book, you know, to just kind of yeah. give them your kind of, you know, they call it an elevator pitch, but, you know, mm -hmm. I've never been able to come up with a super succinct elevator pitch. I mean, I'd have to ride, you know, to the top of, I don't know, the tallest building in the world twice to get through what my book is about. But, um, but I think having somebody, you know, take that and then distill it, see that we're back to whiskey talk, to distill yeah. it, to, you know, like what you actually need is 
That's a real talent. We should make that a thing where we just ran, use random alcohol words. Anyways, <laughs> just slide them in. We do have one last question. Are your characters inspired by real people? I think uh, Ivy already answered that for us, right? Was it Ivy? Yeah. No, Angel answered that. Ivy? Yeah. My, my, Angel. My Angel. Yeah, Angel. Yeah, my, my Stronghold Down series very heavily based on me and my group of friends. Um, not necessarily the kinks or the stories, although one of the books is based on my, how my husband and I got together. Not the book that has the characters that's based on our personalities, um, oddly enough. But <laughs> that series is very heavily based on real people. All of my other books, nope, but that, that particular series, yeah. Nice. What about you, Ivy? I definitely take inspiration from other people. Um, you know, when I, I incorporate little, I, I think I was saying earlier, I incorporate like a, I'll pick a quirk from one of my friends and, you know, a, a word that another friend says a lot. And I kind of just combine them into characters. Yeah. I think there's definitely a little bit of me in every one of my heroines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They mine tend to be very sassy. <laughs> A <laughs> uh, sassy is good. I mean, I love a good sassy heroine. I can't get away. I, you know, I have like one or two. Every so often, I'll be like, I want to write something different. And I am like, I'm I'm an extroverted introvert, so I do have that side mm -hmm. of me that's a little bit more quiet and needs introspection and needs time away from people and stuff like that. And so, I'll, every once in a while, I'll write a character that's like that. But for the most part, my characters are they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> See, Dylan's like that too, but I'm more like I get I'm so introverted. I get anxious over Zooms. Like oh. romance happy hour, I can I can handle romance happy hour because I prepare for this twice a month. But Zooms, I mean, holy cow. Yeah. I always do great on Zoom. You always do fantastic. I, I think when you said an introverted extrovert, um, or an extroverted introvert, I mean whichever way it flips around. I feel like I'm exactly the same because when I go to, you know, conferences, like I love meeting new people. I, I love networking and talking to people. I love going to signings and meeting readers. But then I feel like I have to like come home and go to the cabin all by myself for a couple days and just kind of decompress. See, I love all that too, just not without actually doing it. So that's why I have Dylan because she. I was gonna say, I think I'll just drag you everywhere around she with does, me, and I love it. You might be like, I need a buddy. Like, I can't if I go to a convention and I don't know anyone. I'm like behind a plant in a corner, just listening. I'm enjoying it, but I'm just listening to everyone. If I know someone there that I'm comfortable with, you get this. Like, you get the loud, like, oh, I'm here. You know, like. But I'm much better one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. And then the conventions can be really overwhelming unless I have a, like, I tend to take my best friend or my husband with me because so that people, so that I can actually talk to people. <laughs> I started volunteering at conventions so that I would actually have an excuse to talk to people. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a good idea. Smart way to do it, yeah. I brought I my daughter for my husband to go with me to a convention. I think that would literally like going to a romance writer or a reader convention for him. I mean, he is, like I said, finance guy, massive introvert. That would be pretty much his worst nightmare come to life. You know, I thought it would be my husband's too, because he's a massive introvert. But the first convention I ever had to go uh, that I ever went to, I was eight and a half weeks pregnant and like ready to pop and so he was like no I think I need to go with you um Aww. it was only a couple hours away from home but like there was every chance that I could go into labor over the weekend and so he's like no I'm gonna come with you and he had such a good time and now he's like like if I say that I'm going to a convention and he's I'm like oh no I'm taking Katie my best friend he's like oh <laughs> yeah I haven't gone to a convention with my husband, but I did um, go to like a local chapter event and convinced my husband to, it was, there was a theme, like you had to dress up and it was like a black and white and red all over was the theme. So I made him a book, a, a book page vest 
and I convinced him to wear like this big vest around in public. And there was like a convention there with a bunch of army guys and stuff. So he was like walking around in this like book vest. Oh my God, I love it. So, yeah. He can handle that though. Yeah, he does. He handles it really well. <laughs> I mean, he's also been Fabio. So. Nice. I, the jury's still out, Don, on whether or not <laughs> at night. Don, Don has her husband come to our holiday party, our romance happy hour virtual holiday party, yeah. and he put on a map that, that they had made. That we made it. Fabio. I mean, I dare you to find an actual mask of Fabio online. I've searched everywhere. I've never had a need. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think I've ever searched. I, I searched everywhere. I could not find anybody that made an actual mask of Fabio. I mean, I mean, I guess it was from the 1800s. I mean, 1800s, 1980s. <laughs> we're, we're word people, not numbers people. Yeah. It's okay. No, yeah, numbers. Screw the numbers. I don't like math. Well, on that note, we are um, we are running out of time. We've already gone over, as we always do, every single time we go over. Um, so we're going to wrap up, but can you tell people where they can find you, Ivy and, and Angel, once you let us know where where do you hang out the most? You've got a, a pretty active reader group. I know both of you do. Yeah, my reader group is my biggest. I'm, I'm there every day, all the time. Uh, Ivy's Diamond Divas is the name of it. Um, and other than tomorrow night, because I'll be moving, uh, <laughs> I usually do a weekly drink and kink in it every day. Every day if you want to that sounds fun. Um, I am, yeah, my, my Facebook reader group is, again, I'm, I'm also in there every day uh, chatting. It's the Golden Angel Legion Lair. Um, and the other place that you can see me almost every day is TikTok because I have gone so far down that rabbit hole and I am so addicted, uh, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, <laughs> but I, I'm most interactive. Like, if you want to like, inter if you want to just like watch me from afar doing goofy stuff, TikTok. <laughs> if you want to like interact and talk, we have a lot of cool conversations and stuff in my group. <laughs> I'm scared of that. I'm scared oh, of TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so much fun. It's. <laughs> I don't want I the Chinese spying on me. <laughs> you know, you probably won't cross streams. Honestly, there's like, like, there's. I'm. I have found my way to millennial TikTok, but I know Gen Z TikTok exists. And I just never see it. It's it's out there. Well, I, I never see. It. I also have a friend who who like. She got on it. She's an author. She writes Christian romance, but she has a lot of kids like coming onto her page oh. and like talking to her and stuff. And and so I'm like, eh, no yeah, thanks. that would be. She's creeped out too, but she likes it. But not the not getting the kids. The kids. She likes the TikTok. <laughs> she likes the TikTok. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so thanks for joining us tonight. We're yes. going to leave the giveaway open through Sunday night. So if you haven't had a chance yet, um, both Ivy and Angel are giving away some really cool prizes. Hop over to the uh, the giveaway post that's pinned at the top of the week. And, and we will see you next time. We are not up again um, until April 5th, I think, is our next Romance Happy Hour. And we have Shauna Kelly and one of our fellow romance chicks, Sierra Griffin, joining us that Yay. night. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. We, we really appreciate you taking the time out, especially you, Ivy, with everything else you have going on. So <laughs> wonderful break. So I appreciate yes. it. Have a, have a good move. Hope everything goes well for you tomorrow. Thank you so much. You have a good All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.